This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to TPQ20, where we go beyond the page with poets about passions, process, pitfalls, and poetry. I'm Courtney Margolin. And I'm Chris Margolin. Let's expand the conversation. Hello, hello. Hi, hi, hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm Chris. And I'm Courtney. So nice to meet you. Thank you so much for agreeing to hang out with us today on TPQ20. Um, we are glad that we were finally able to connect for this. Uh, thank you Same so here. much. Yeah. Um, so we always like to start out by saying we know who you are, uh, but our audience may not. If you were to give uh, your elevator pitch of who you are, um, who are you? Who? Well, uh, as you well know, and nice to meet you both also. Um, as you all know, <laughs> I am... Jane Michelle, I'm a storyteller from the U.S. South. I love to read and write poetry. Um, and I also love sweet potatoes and crop tops. I think that is the pitch. <laughs> we definitely have Perfect. a love of crop tops in common. More more on her end than Maya. The crop tops on me do not look very well. We've tried. It just doesn't. Oh, I'm sure you can find the right one. It's all about the right style, the right cut. <laughs> it definitely is about the right cut. Exactly. <laughs> well, the launch in Right to Passions. I know crop tops are definitely one of your passions. Um, but what are some of your other passions um, inside the world of literature? Um, you know, I don't know. I just, I mean, I, I, as you may or may not know, I do slam poetry or have done it. Been a minute since I've done it now, but I. Uh, <laughs> Grew up in the world of slam, so I absolutely love spoken word so much. It's just, I don't know, it's such a, just like a communal space, I think. Uh, so that's like something that I've always appreciated in, in poetry and, and also its influence in general on like other literature. Uh, this is very specific, but in that vein, I love poets who write other genres of literature because I always feel like it's just elevated in some way like it is you know poets who go on to write fiction and memoirs and you know other things I'm just like this is how things are meant to be um I don't know why that is don't tell anyone you know don't tell the fiction writer that said that but I'm just here to report what's Jane Michelle memoir coming out 2024 25 I'm here for possible this is all yeah this is all promo for my eventual memoir um is there one specific that you love the most or that you have just been kind of an author that stepped outside of that that poetry vein for a minute? Oh man, yeah, of course. I mean, well, I mean, Clint Smith has done phenomenal work, obviously. <laughs> just, um, just a just you know, a, a small time author on the come up. Yeah, uh, just to throw know. just to throw a name out. Uh, <laughs> yes, and of course Hanif, Adirki, yeah. amazing. Um, and Destiny O Bird song. Uh, you know, I, I followed her poetry for a long time and has recently come out with a fiction work that is to die for. So, I mean, I'm 
the proof is there. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Do you do you think that there is you know is there a a slight genre difference at all for you when it comes to performance versus page, or are they the same thing? Mm, that is a great question. I personally find them different, but not everyone will agree with that. Um, I think that there are some things that, you know, poets like read for off the page and perform it well. And it's, you know, it translates well in both ways. Um, but for me, I, I kind of approach those two fields differently in my own work. So I do kind of see them as different. So like with my, with, with spoken word that I often share when I call it like it's, this is spoken word, or if I'm doing it for like a slam poetry competition, then I kind of approach it differently in the way that I am usually clearly talking about some real experiences that I've had. Um, and it's like, it's just a lot more honest. It's just for more like, it's all, well, all poetry is kind of honest for me, but it's just from a more, I guess, maybe raw or place. So maybe there's like a, a character feel for you when you have an opportunity to sit down and craft a written right, for the page. Right. You have a, you can develop, you, which is funny because I think I've talked to a lot of, we've had some, some slam poets on here who I think go the other direction. Um, I think uh, Joel Leon says that, um, you know, for him, he created a character on stage and that performance uh, became character driven. Um, mm. So it's, it's kind of nice to hear the, the other side of that. I like that. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, I know. I mean, of course, poets operate from different places. But yeah, for me, like the spoken word one is like, okay, this is like unfiltered, pretty much me. <laughs> and then when I have time to write, I'm like, okay, let's filter this just a little, you know, make it a little cuter. <laughs> Tinker around. Um, so yeah, I kind of approach them from different places. But I also, I mean, poets are doing crazy work across those both domains simultaneously. So I can hardly, I'm not gonna, I can't draw like, you know, a hard line, um, but yeah. Who was the, uh, who was the poet who got you into the spoken word scene? Is there somebody who you just immediately saw and had to, you, that was what you were going to do? Not exactly. I kind of, so I, I did, I wrote poetry for a long time, you know, ever since I could write words on a page. Um, and so I did start, you know, watching button poetry and watching, uh, what's that show? Uh, Def Jam? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You read my mind. Yeah, yeah, brave new voices. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So I was watching things like that and I was like, oh, that's super cool. But even watching those things, I wasn't like, oh, I need to do that. I was just like, that's a really cool thing to do with poetry. Um, and it wasn't until I got to high school where my high school just happened to have a slam poetry team um, that was run by most phenomenal teacher ever, Miss McAdoo. Um, she, you know, started this poetry group and I, you know, I joined just cause I was like, oh, I like poetry, but I mean, I don't know about sharing it <laughs> and just to be, but being in that space immediately, it made me fall in love with it. Like they were just really cool people there. They were just kind of just sharing their hearts out. And I just realized that it was an environment where people, um, could be honest and be themselves. And also that I could share, you know, things that I didn't think I would ever say out loud. And not, not only would people listen, but people would like respond and relate. Um, so it was really that kind of just environment that fostered me to keep going. But I will say um, Team Slam New Orleans specifically 
I was so I was in high school in Arkansas. Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> your all, secrets are your secrets safe, safe with here. all of our listeners. I mean, no. yeah, everyone, no one outside of the podcast, <laughs> obviously. Um, but I went to high school in Arkansas, but I'm, I'm from Louisiana. And so I was always keeping up with like poets who were in Louisiana and things like that. And I discovered Team Slam New Orleans, uh, which at the time was a team of people like uh, Tariana Tank Ball from Tank and the Bangas and Icon Sibley and Frequency, Wendy, Katwila, and like Akima Lodge and just amazing people. So I would watch their videos and just be like, now that is something that I absolutely want to do. Um, so when I got to, I went to college at Tulane in New Orleans. And as soon as I got to New Orleans, I was like, I have to find these people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, little freshman college me was like, let me find, you know, where they do shows. So I kind of stopped them a little bit. I uh, went to like their shows very early on, kept doing that throughout my whole college journey. And then my last year of college, I made the team. Nice. So those people are definitely uh, big influences as to where, you know, how I started shaping the world of slam and spoken word around me. Very cool. Oh, that's wonderful. So yeah. long- I was gonna say, it sounds a little okay, great. <laughs> no, no, I think that sounds great. I mean, I think that's, you know, we, we find those authors we like, and if we have the opportunity to reach out to them in some way, I mean, that's, I think that's what makes the Twitter world so impressive is because we have kind of this open forum to actually um, not have their address, but still talk to them. <laughs> mm, I love that, yes. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, when Chris and I first started, um, we started going to events mm-hmm. where we were around authors that we fell in love we with. Fell in love with. <laughs> um, and as teachers, we started reaching out to authors um, that we thought would connect with our students um, and would respond to our students and that our students loved um, and going to events that those authors mm-hmm. would be at um, to put them in proximity with us and our students. So we don't think it sounds soccer at all. We think it sounds like a super fan. <laughs> so maybe there's yeah. a fine line. <laughs> um. Oh, I was going to ask about your passions outside of the world of literature um, because I was trying to smoothly transition, which I clearly didn't do. <laughs> I'm working on my transition. No, that was a, that was but a I was also looking way. at your butterflies on the back because I got a little <laughs> distracted. I'm a little ADD. <laughs> um, no, so I was no. wondering about your other passions as well um, and how they lent themselves into um, your poetry. Sure, that's a great question. Um, sadly, butterflies aren't one of them, but I thought this was cute. I did um, super cute. <laughs> Yeah, I really am actually in the season of looking for other things to get into with my time. (laughs) I've been reading and writing quite a lot, Um, but I do, I recently started to love coffee very randomly. Um, I, you know, have set up a full home cafe, make my own little fancy beverages. I call it Cafe du Jay. I'll just tell you that right now. (laughs) I love it. So I really come to like love and learn about coffee a lot um, and just things that I never really thought of before, like just where where and how different beans are roasted and how they have different flavors, tastes, smells, um, and just promote like different kind of feelings. Um, I know maybe we're just like, it's just jitters, but I'm just like, nah, they're different. 
we live yeah we live just outside of portland oregon so coffee so is yeah, kind of so the world know. here we yes we I'll totally we need to understand. get you out here because we are as a culture of coffee absolutely i would love to go um so yeah so i've just been getting into that um and just thinking deeply about that for some reason but uh there's one other thing oh and tv i watch a lot of tv what uh, and what is your current favorite show what are you binging at the moment it's hard to say favorite because right now I kind of just watch the newer things, you know, that pop up on the Netflix and Hulu. So I feel like I don't know why, but it just feels like a different time. Like previously in the world, I could say like, oh, this thing is my favorite show. But now there are just so much, <laughs> so many things. I'm with you. I watch everything. Yeah, yeah I just, watch. Nothing's off limits. Exactly. So I just watch widely, I guess. Um, but I mean, I've been catching up on Insecure. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. Yes. Great. Just started hearing about the show. So yes, no, it's, it's good to have a recommendation then. Listen, well, I have amnesia. Um, di literally, I'm diagnosed with TBI with amnesia. So I watch things frequently. Um, then I forget that I've watched them. Then I rewatch them. Don't know until about halfway through. It's fabulous because he'll be like, mm. we've watched this. And I'm like, no, I haven't. And it's a brand new show all over again. Um, so we really get our money's worth out of Netflix, Hulu, all the new shows, new to me again. <laughs> Truly, like get, to, get to experience things multiple times, you know? I wonder if you can kind of document that and see if you feel the same way each time, do you know? That'd be a really interesting oh, thing to do. that'd be fascinating. Huh. I'm not sure, with memories, I wonder that too, because I, certain memories come back like in a rush and I can't control it um, and I, I have no idea if I feel the same way when the memory comes back. Hmm. Thank you for that. I've never thought about that before. What did you give me? <laughs> Thank experience. you so much. Yeah, because it could be like, you know, yeah, something that you like really like the first time and then for some reason the second time you're like, this is terrible. Like, I don't know if that kind of thing. Well, yeah, is the squid game the same round? Hmm. These are good questions. This is an entire experiment that I it want is. to go deeper into. I think so, and I'd like to know the results. Well, we're um, best friends now, <laughs> and we have a lot of TV that we have to watch together. So I hope you have time. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> TV and coffee, look at that. I have um, nothing better. Well, experiments and things like that brings us kind of to our next our next question a little more naturally then. Uh, process. Segway. Right? Looking for that segue. Process. Uh, when it comes to writing, um, and I guess also when it comes to performing, um, what is your process for for those pieces? Uh, do you have any weird superstitions? Are there routines that you have to go through? Are you a nine to fiver, um, or is there you know just kind of what is a what do you do? How do you go about writing? Yeah, that's a great question. If only I knew. Um... So what will it look like when we start this experiment? About <laughs> uh, it'll look like me waiting for inspiration to kid. Um, no, I really, I mean, I've tried to do the the disciplined writing thing, uh, you know, write every day or every other day or at a certain time. If I want to, you know, pretend I'm a serious person, I'll like set up my string lights and light some candles, pour some wine or something or some tea and be like, I am going to write because I am <laughs> a writer. Uh, but it doesn't usually work. <laughs> right. Um, it doesn't usually work like that. So really most of the time, especially for 
uh, my written work. It's a stroke of inspiration that may hit. I may, you know, see something in nature, in life, and like a line might hit me, um, or just the image. I'm like, okay, I want to incorporate that image in a poem somehow, but I don't yet know how. So that'll just kind of ruminate in my mind for however long, maybe a few days, maybe a week. Uh, and then, you know, one day suddenly I'll be like, oh, I have the line and then I'll go write it down. And maybe that's the time when we're, like the whole poem comes out and maybe it's just the line and I need to do something else and come back later until I have more to say about it. Um, but it's really no steady process. However, since I've been doing a lot of performing, sometimes people will ask me to perform poems for certain events and like write a poem for an event. It's like my... It's like my worst fear, <laughs> but I've done it. Um, and so that time, like when I have a specific deadline where I need to write a poem, I kind of just try to compile as much inspiration as I can for whatever the topic is and just like throw it up on the page um, and just see what kind of poem comes out of there. What do you find is the most challenging part about that um that is I feel like it's an assignment like when you're in school and a teacher gives you like all right everybody go write a poem about sunshine and it has to be 150 words by tomorrow yes what's the most challenging um part about that for you um I guess for me I it's the feeling of like feel it feeling disingenuous so I never wanted it to feel um, you know, I never want to like perform a poem or share a poem with someone that I don't mean. Um, so for example, for, a, I had to write a poem sometime over the summer and the topic was joy. Like they, they wanted to have like a occasion about joy and it was not at a time that I was feeling extremely joyous. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I still agree. Cause I was like, you know, maybe this will be a good mental exercise. Like I can tap into some segment of joy but I was trying and trying to write the poem and I was like this is not coming out or every time something would come out it would take like a depressing turn at the end <laughs> and I was like this is they're not gonna want that <laughs> it's just like a moment of joy yeah it was like there's joy but also everything terrible um, a touch of joy yeah a tinge with sadness <laughs> a sunshine and then it rained um <laughs> But no, so what I ended up doing was tr just trying to take a different approach. So I just kind of interpreted joy in a, a different way than trying to force myself to write something that was like, that I thought was happy um, and they appreciated it. So, but you know, that's the thing about like doing things like that is like, I don't want to feel like I am forcing like right. words out or emotions out that I don't feel. However, it, they can also be a good exercise, like having a prompt, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not in school anymore, so I don't often get prompts or do, you know, think of new ways to think of things. So like on one hand, it's like, okay, this is a new way to think about something or something else to try. But when there's pressure, it can be a lot. So I guess with pressure then comes kind of pitfalls and, and you know, the stumbling blocks along the way. Uh, what have you found in your poetry career so far um, have been those, you know, those moments where you've, you, those pitfalls and those, you know, those obstacles you've had to get through, what have those been and how have you actually dealt with them or have you dealt with them? Ooh, also another great transition. Uh, <laughs> I see you. I see how you did that. <laughs> um, 
Well, firstly, I mean, the most recent kind of struggle was, of course, the pandemic. Um, not only, so I released a chapbook at the end of 2019, and so, of course, the beginning of 2020, like, no one cares. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of other things going on. Uh, so I didn't really get to, like, revel in that the way that I had hoped or even share it or tour with it the way that I had wanted to. Uh, so that was a huge, you know, curveball for me. Um, and it also ended up being a great learning process because I kind of had to reassess what, not success, but like what, you know, what publishing really meant to me. Um, and it still ended up being, you know, a great thing that I was super proud of. Uh, but the other thing is kind of recently a pitfall that I'm experiencing um, comes with the whole kind of performing thing that I was talking about. I was kind of not thrown in because I guess I but a little bit thrown in. So I was kind of thrown into the world of, you know, performing by myself poetry um, around the country because of a video that went viral. Um, one of my poetry videos about anxiety. Uh, it got, you know, it went viral. And so, you know, an, an agency did reach out to me after that and asked me if I was interested in touring like colleges and doing like NACA. I don't know if you're. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So asked me if I was interested in doing that. And I was like, of course, yeah. Like, why wouldn't I? Um, Oh, but come on, you were performing in those college centers where they're eating, you know, eating their lunches. That's a yeah, <laughs> it was a huge transition, um, especially from the like the world of slam that I was used to. Like poetry is a communal space, you know, it's full of energy, full of people who really care. And then I transitioned like a very abruptly to doing college shows where I was all alone. There were students, of course, students who like really cared and really were into it, but many students who did not care at all. Um, I felt a lot of pressure to perform only certain things and like leave other types of poems, you know, to myself. Um, so it was just like a lot of different things that got thrown in on the way that I was able to then view myself as a performer and what that meant to me. So now I'm actually in the process of stepping back a little bit and trying to reassess what performing means to me, how I feel about it and what I want to do and how I want to do it. Um, because I feel like, you know, po you know, there's no money in poetry, though. Wait, people uh, what? Oh, okay, well, I guess we'll wrap up things there. Uh, <laughs> no, like, you know, that's what people say. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what people, you know, always say. So they're like, there's right. no money in poetry. There is. I mean, I'm looking forward still, but there is. Um, and so this was like my opportunity. I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is me getting money for poetry, you know, me doing these things. Um, so part of my also step back, my little pitfall situation is me figuring out what, in what ways I want to separate that from my art, from, you know, making a career of this, but also still staying true to what I, what I want to do, you know? Yeah. And what do you want to do? Like if it was, oh. your, if it was your like yeah. dream world, like what is that, what would be your perfect setup then for, for performing? Yeah, I, uh, really feel like it would be at those, at events that are really curated by poets or people who understand poetry. Um, you know how to set the vibe, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yeah I would love to perform at those events. Um, and also just, just write books without worrying about what is publishable, what people will read, just, just, just write it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a great question. Good answer. That's um, a great answer. Well, what's coming up next for you? What are you um, really excited about? 
Um, what am I doing? I mean, like I said, I'm taking a step back, so I'm excited to see what the future will hold. But I am working on a full-length collection um, that I'm hoping will that I'll finish writing soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'll eventually be into the world. I'll let you know when it is. Awesome. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, and personally, not not much. Else. Well, personally, I'm also trying to. Uh, get actually into publishing, like the field of publishing. So I'm also trying to break into some poetry publishing positions. Uh, so we'll see, because I really am interested in the the other side of the veil, which is publishing books and how that works on the other side. So I'm trying to get into there. So I'm excited to see where that journey takes me. Very cool. Awesome. Well, we are super excited to see where that journey heads as well. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us on TPQ20 today. Oh, I have to say thank you so yeah. much. This has been lovely. I, I have shared um, your poetry more than I can um, I can tell you. You have been such an inspiration for me and so many of the people in our lives. So thank you so much. This has been such a gift for me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, it was a pleasure meeting you both. I can't wait until we can do our experiments. Please let me know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to TPQ20. Please like, review, and subscribe.